Hi, this is Jim Chung, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's actually hard for that. There you go. Wow. Here you that go. was my homage to Birdman. <laughs> I think that was Louise Cocker with that fruit. No, I'm serious. I don't know if it was in Boys uh, Blessed. I think so. I, I, I must have, but it was, like, but it was curved too. It was sort of like, oh, come on. Well, so's uh, uh, holy Mark Wallace. So's um, you know, they've been curved. No, oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. If a whole movie's got like, like, he's got like a like a like a coat rack. You think somebody would have said something like "Push Love" or "Dumb Hike" or something? Said something about town. That's true, dude. You know, Courtney Cox is fifty years old. Yeah, she is. No, dude, get out. Dude, she is. She's fucking skeletal. Wait, hold on a second. Let me let me say something to you. If any of our women's look like that at fifty, we're lucky. I. Wow. You I don't would, think so? I would be force feeding my woman if she looked like that at fit. Alright, I'm not, I'm not, I'm admittedly, I haven't, I haven't seen her, like her skinniness factor, but I just saw a picture of her face and I think she looks jam good for 50. She looks like Trent Reznor in the window. Get <laughs> <laughs> your goddamn mind. What? I want to fuck you like an animal. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you are worked out. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those nights, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh goodness! Playful of corn, playful of mashed potatoes. That's awesome! Oh, wow, tapping out. But yeah, I that hope was our special one, guest this week doesn't listen, do some due diligence. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I don't think we're a bunch of fun-loving guys because uh, we are. Oh, I'm spent. Really, man. You don't you sound good. Are you feeling better? It's all the medication, and I have to apologize to anyone that can hear this uh, during the intro. If the levels are a little too high this week, it's because I can't hear a damn thing. I was My ears are feeling good. He was playing sick. He just wanted to stay home. With oh, me. that's sweet. Yeah, that was. We had a good day playing playing the Madden. We had fun. How about that fucking Lego Hello Carrier? Uh, he, yeah, he hasn't seen it yet. That's what happens when I tag, did tag, tag him too. I saw that. I know. I know. I did the tagging all proper, and he still damn dude. I know. Whatever. That is a beast mode set. Mm-hmm. We got to get and it. And Scooby Doo Legos. I think I'm going to get the mystery machine. I'm definitely getting the mystery machine. Yeah, and if they have a little Lego uh, deep sea diver ghost, that's mine. Well, and that I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to spoil for that big set because my my boys aren't really into Scooby Doo. But I think when we go to a con next year, well, later this year. I'm gonna have to spend up to get the uh the other members of the of the gang from that set from one right. of the minifigure vendors. Because I wanna have the whole the whole Scooby gang up in there. I'm still waiting for the blue jay. That will be mine. I love yeah. that blue jay. Yeah, yeah. Hey everybody. Hey. Eleven hi, eleven o'clock comics, episode three hundred and fifty three. Christ. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Sexy. Mm. You are David A. Price. And coming at you from the top-rated new show in America, I am Lucius Lion. <laughs> See? Oh, I thought you were going to go with the obvious. Empire. You're going to have to explain that one to me. All right. There's a new show on Fox called Empire. 
it's not only the best show on TV, mm-hmm. but it's the top rated new show on TV. And oh, that's the one about the record producer. Yeah, the, right? the ratings have gone up every uh, single week. I, I, I call uh, it a hustle and flow to sequel. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop it right now. Don't hate a raid. I am hating. And, uh, and, and yeah, so Terrence Howard, aka the dude that got fired from Marvel movies. <laughs> yes. Lucius Lyon, who is, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, I guess he's sort of like a mix between, like Jay Z and uh, what's homeboy from? Uh, yeah, well, just had the hit and run. He's not straight up thug like Shug. Right. Like, right. Uh, well, like he Russell was Simmons and Jay Z. Like he, he, he was, he was kind he of, a, was he was, yeah, he was a dealer and a gangbanger a bit. But he, but at this point, by the time the show starts, he's like super major league, big time record producer. And, uh, and his wife is Taraji Henderson. Who is the reason why I watch. Yeah, she's great. And she just gets out of prison. She spent 17 years in prison. And basically it's implied that she took the fall. Yes. Because they were selling drugs and she took the fall so he could stay out and continue his burgeoning music career. And uh, over and the 17 years, he went from, you know, thug with a hip hop album that to, to this major success. So she gets out of jail and she wants to be, she wants half the business. But at this point, the business is you know, this big corporation and they're about to go public and, uh, there's a board of directors and, uh, and then they have three sons and each son's got his own story. So it's, it's great. It's, 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 it's basically a, it's, it's like a black soap opera basically. Yeah. But it, it's, it's almost Shakespearean to a degree. It's, yeah. it is, it's, it's entertaining. It is, I'm, it's, it's a Fox show. Makes you groan, but it's great. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Hmm. Pass. But oh, no. no doubt. Dude. Yeah. But no, oh, you're not, I don't have, I don't have enough time in the day. You are not Lucius. Lion. Some, lion. Somebody, some lion. Rawr. You are Jason Wood, awesome. everybody. Uh, See what I did there? I like that. Yeah. And you don't have to roar at the heavens for cheap prices on oh. your comic books. No way. All you have to do is sashay over to DCBS. That's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. And you can get your favorite funny books at a fraction of what you'd pay in the real world. Such as... From Dynamite, uh, ripped from the pages of Project Superpowers, written by Mr. Warren Ellis, so you know it's going to be good. Artist is Colton Worley. Jay Lee's doing the covers. This is Black Cross. One word, not two. We've been accustomed to two. This is just one word. Black Cross, number one. It's a six-issue miniseries, and you can check out the first issue for 50% off the cover price. You get it for $1.99. From Dark Horse, I'm going to be very cross with y'all if you don't get this. Mike Mignola is writing. The great Ben Stenbeck is drawing. It's the Frankenstein monster uh, shoehorned into the, the Mignola-verse. We've seen him in, in the pages of Hellboy, right? But uh, this is called Frankenstein Underground, uh, number one of five. Cover price, three fifty. What's your price? Half that. $1.75. And this is the last time you're going to hear this out of my mouth. Hmm. You have the chance to get in on an exceptional deal. What if I told you that I would sell you something that retails for $500 and I'd give it to you for 250 bucks? You'd be like, what? If you wanted it, that is. I mean, I could sell you a bucket of shit for 250 bucks, but this is not that. This is the Secret Wars Battle World box set slipcase hardcover. That's 11 hardcover volumes that's going to tie directly into the stuff that Marvel's got going on this summer with Jonathan Hickman and company. The Secret Wars thing. 
Uh, it's going to be the new Marvel status quo for a while. So if you haven't read it, if you're one of those people that, you know, that have not read Secret Wars, whether your age or you just didn't want to read it back in the day, now's your chance. You get everything. You get 11 hardcovers covering Secret Wars 1, Secret Wars 2, and all the crossovers and tie-ins. That's nuts. $250. Get the to discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Nicely done. Thank you. Now what are you drinking? The last three three bottles of the Sierra Nevada Damn. Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Huh. I, I, I like it, yeah. About you, Bill? Uh, I am uh, finishing off. <laughs> first inning. First inning every game. What? Boop. There he goes. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. The boo thing? Yeah. yeah I, I'm not saying nothing. You still bothered by that? Not at all. You know what, David? <laughs> David, you and I need to spend this weekend coming up with a with a, uh, a term of affection for for Vince that only like he gets. It. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, well, long dong. No, we, well, we need to, we need to be somewhat, somewhat, somewhat accurate, <laughs> right? Right off the bat, no. Uh, no. I am drinking some Coppola, some uh-huh. Coppola Pinot. Nice. That's yeah, good. How about you, Dad? Uh, I am drinking something that always is got to be a story involved that always makes me think of the wood household because i brought it to the wood household and um so tonight i'm thinking about beth and i'm drinking some besieged nice excellent respect give that woman a hug for me too and i would like to give two other people a big hug Mm -hmm. because i have thank yous do you now yes i do i would like to thank my brother from another mother mr will pfeiffer for hooking me up he sent me a care package with some Cthulhu action figures that he got in a Kickstarter. He gave me a couple issues of Psychotronic I didn't have, including the pretty hard to get issue six, I believe. And I mean, among other stuff. And he gave me some Teen Titans, which I'm reading. Like the stuff he's been writing, you mean? Yeah, and I like it. Good. Why do you say it yeah. like that? Like it's some um... no. <laughs> Will you like? Yeah. like it? Don't, don't, don't tell anybody. Surprise! No, no, right no, no, <laughs> it's it's not because of the Pfeiffer factor. It's it's more the Roquefort factor. I mean, I like. Roquefort's off the hook, son. I, I, he, he is off the. He's a little bit too off yeah, the hook. Little, True. He's making it difficult for me to enjoy Will's work. Wait, though. When you get to issue uh, six or seven, a new artist comes on. I. I don't have the books here with me, but I think he's a much stronger fit for the book. Sweet. Yes. And we appear in one issue. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you know that? I didn't because I'm behind. There's like, um, the, the, what's that drug in the Marvel universe that gives people powers temporarily? Uh, the, yeah, the, the the M- yeah. There's something like that in the book and there's a bunch of kids, um, on a rooftop and uh one of them's named Vince, one of them's named Jason, the other one's David, and there's a girl named Chris oh, with a K. With a K, yes. Huh. That's pretty cool. And uh they get powers, and they're they're not nice people. So I'm like, look at me, I'm all strong. You should. T- I'll, I'll 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 send it to you. Okay. So thank you, Mr. Pfeiffer, and I also have to thank Mr. Jefferson Workman. He sent me a, a package as well with with goodies. And by the it. way, so, it's uh, his birthday happy today. Birthday, yeah. exactly. And I was going to uh, end cap this with a happy birthday, Mr. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you see Jefferson Workman in the middle of the road, kill him. <laughs> there you go. 
So thank you both. You, you, you are too kind and, and too generous. So love you both. Are you about to Natalie Mercy? You get some 10,000 maniacs going on? With your kind and generous I, comment? I actually like 10,000 So do maniacs. I, bro. Don't, don't uh, up, up, up to a certain point, I like them. Like before the unplug stuff? Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get into this. We have a little bit of unfinished, unfinished, unfinished business. Unfinished. Yes, from last week. Um, certain film that Jason was supposed to watch. I, I do hope he has rectified that situation. I watched it uh, this week, yes. Nice. Uh, we are talking about The Birdman. Coco Beware. Uh, what What did you... Uh, directed by Alejandro Gonzalez in Aritu. What did you think? I enjoyed it quite a bit. Ooh, um, that's a start. It is. Um, I... <laughs> It was not at all what I expected it to be. Right. Same here. Uh, you know, the, the previews, I think, didn't do it any favors in the sense that um, it made it look like it was one giant head trip. Like you were going to just be on this crazy, trippy ride for the whole movie. And I, I was mm-hmm. going in prepared for that. And it, that, that full well could have been something I enjoyed. But, but this was not that. This was a much more intimate, personal story. And... Um, there were definitely those moments that played into his, whether it be psychosis or imagination or combination of the two. Um, but, uh, no, I liked it. I, you know, I, I, I thought it was very good, but I, I would fall shy of saying it was great. Like, I don't, like, in terms of the movies that are up for best picture and stuff, like, I, I wouldn't, of, of those that I've seen, which is most of them this year, I don't think it would be in my top three or four films of the year. But it uh, it was certainly quality film, and I think the actors were phenomenal in it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Ed Norton was a bit too much, although that was his character, so I guess he was supposed to be a bit too much. Um, right. I thought that uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Emily Stone looked that way because the movie called for her to look that way, heroin chic, and that that's not her new look. Because oh, Emma Stone. I, I mean, not yeah, Emma Stone. Thank you. Because I always thought she was pretty fine, and she was pretty gaunt in this film. And I'm guessing, again, that's by design. But uh, I hope she beats back up for her next role. Um, but as I, as I think I said to David this week, I think this movie is Michael Keaton. I, I don't think... Sure. There's yeah. no way this film is what it is without the the very real factor of Michael Keaton essentially in most of our minds being that guy. Yeah, nobody else could have played Rigan Thomas than than Mike yeah, right. so no one, no right. One. Now it, 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 it could they could have picked from the uh, small stable of Batman actors that you know essentially made Batman the phenomenon that he is. Like maybe they could have used Val Kilmer. That would have fit to a certain yeah Val Kilmer right. It would because, have been a much different movie, but he he could fit too. Right. He's kind of gone. Right, but nobody, now, but. nobody could have fit the, the symbolically and uh, in in terms of you know acting ability than Keaton. Right, right. It's perfect Clo- for him. The story is would be an abject failure in that role. And I like that they mentioned Clooney in the movie, yeah. though. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that was nice. That was that was nice. But you said uh, you thought the movie was a big head trip, and you said it's not. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I meant psych- like psychedelic. Like I thought it was going to be like every scene oh. was just going to be in this guy's head and crazy hallucinations and and right. and almost like you were walking through a Hunter Thompson novel. But th- that's not what it was. Right. I think it is a head trip, though. Let me tell you why. Okay. And I was telling David this, 
And he's like, okay, but I can tell in the inflection that he didn't really believe me. But that's okay. Because I, I stand by my, my assessment of this movie. I think Alejandro tips his hand within, within the opening credits as to what's going on here. Even before the movie starts. Even before the movie starts, you see, you see Birdman and the, the title card. Uh, do they still even call them that? And, um, for a split second, you see the beach yeah. with the jet, with the jellyfish all over it. Just a split friggin' second. And I think the whole jellyfish sequence that he's talking to his wife is profoundly important to this movie because, you know, where he tried, he, he, he was, um, um, unfaithful to her. She, I guess she caught him. He tried to kill himself, was going to drown himself, waded out into the, the water and was covered with jellyfish and got stung multiple times, clawed his way back to the shore. And, you know, she, and she says, well, you told me that was sunburn. You know, I, I, I think that's bullshit. I think they put that in the story because, and you see it later on in the movie, um, when he botches the suicide attempt, you see the jellyfish again. I think he dies on the beach after being stung by all those jellyfish. And the whole movie is a lucid dream hallucination product of the, 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 the jellyfish venom, uh, whatever you want to call it. I think all of this happens in his head as he's expiring. Hmm. Because if you notice the Birdman voice, the the uh, the part the the masculine part of of his ego the wife is the female counterpart she comes to him whenever he needs to be reassured whenever he needs to be consoled or a little pick me up the wife he he supposedly tried to kill her by throwing a kitchen knife at her why would she care that his opening night was was important to him why would she be there it's bullshit if 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 they're divorced why you know what I mean so they have a bad history. Yet she seems to come to him whenever she, you know he needs her. Just like the Birdman voice, you're you're better than this. You can do this. They don't understand. You know what I mean? That's part of of his consciousness talking to him. The whole question on whether or not he has superpowers. He obviously doesn't, as you've seen in the, in in the in the right. uh, dressing room when someone walks in and he's physically throwing the things around. He's not moving them with his mind. He doesn't fly. He gets out. They don't show it, but or he gets out of the cab. It's, it's implied that he gets out of the cab. And, and I also think that the, the last scene is really important too. You, you see right before he looks out, you know, with the, with the, the suicide attempt, you see the jellyfish. You see that thing plummeting to earth like the bottle rocket. You know what I mean? He ascended. He had his moment in the sun and now he's cr- coming crashing back down. And the, the marching band with the superheroes, that's a funeral procession. He is dead. Okay. And and even the last scene with the when uh when uh, when Sam comes in and Daddy Daddy and she looks out the window, she doesn't look down, she looks up. And if he doesn't have any superpowers, why the frig is she looking up? Because he's imagining her doing that. He's imagining her it, it's been established in the movie that he has no paranormal ability. Right. He thinks he does because that elevates him above everyone around him based on the character he played in the movie. I think it's a brilliant friggin' movie. Now, I may be wrong, but when when you look at the whole movie, the, like even the transient nature of the drummer, 
He shows up in the dressing room. He shows up on the street. He's, you know what I mean? Like, the, yes, that could happen in New York City. And it wouldn't be uncharacteristic for a drummer to appear in a dressing room or on the street. But it's just too, and it, and, and the drummer's work becomes the soundtrack of the movie. It's everywhere in the movie. Yeah. And it's it's just it 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 doesn't make sense that this movie would be wrote that any of this stuff actually happened. Huh. Well, I, I certainly can't say that you're wrong, but I guess I look at it a little bit simpler than that. I mean, I, I think the superpowers and the voice and everything that you're talking about could be relatively easily explained as. Again, the guy was having a, a basically a psychotic breakdown, and and it, okay. it culminated in him committing suicide. Right. Then why does Sam look up at the end? Uh, I don't know. Right. That that's that's the trigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she if she looked down, you could be like, okay. Even if she looked down and smiled, right, but she looks up oh, and maybe. kind of smiles, and that's right. I, I yeah, it's it's I can see it being implied there because even if she wanted to look away why would you still smile I, your, your your father just killed himself and um and it's not just a question of whether or not he has superpowers that's that's almost redundant when the end comes i don't know i i, I just think that th- this was one of those movies where i watched it and i was like what the frig did i just watch right and then I watched it again, and you pick up on stuff that either I couldn't decipher the first time around or made more sense um, on the on the second pass. And, you know, seriously, I've watched this movie about at least five times. Mm. Wow. I, yeah. yeah. When I, oh, dude, when I love something, yeah, no. I got I to gotta get under the skin. I know. And it, I'm not watching it again until it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, Me too. We watched it. Late Saturday, one evening, um, maybe one of the last things we watched that night. Um, I don't know if Renee was in the right frame of mind for it. I, it, we, you know, she didn't, I, I could kind of, she wasn't checking out, but I could kind of tell she wasn't really feeling it. I even, you know, offered to, to stop it and we'll watch something else. She goes, no, well, but it was funny because when the movie's starting and he's walking through backstage, um, and having this conversation, she's like, that voice sounds familiar. That, that sounds like Michael Keaton. I'm like, babe, I thought she was joking. And, and I'm like, well, that's, that is Michael Keaton. She's like, wait, what? And because she, she hasn't seen him in so long. I mean, the last time we heard his voice, I think was in cars. And I mean, before that, I didn't see Herbie. So I don't know what he was doing even before like Jack Frost. So I, we haven't seen Michael Keaton in this house in a while. Um, obviously I knew who he was, but, or who, who it was, but uh, she was enjoying it. What, what what she saw, what she, but I mean, yeah. When when I got to the end, um, she hadn't checked out, but I don't. She she wasn't giving it any sort of type of thought that uh, that we're giving it. And um, my my biggest, it's not a problem, but what's what's preventing me from absolutely just saying that I love this movie. 100% is, is that, um, we're in this world that is pretty much 
for the most part, our world. You're somebody who played a superhero in, in, in a movie. And, uh, so it, it's fitting that it'd be Michael Keaton. Uh, it's on Broadway. He's surrounded by actual really happening Broadway plays. It, it, it's not like this is a, a make believe world. Um, he and his agent manager producer are actually running down real actors names. They mentioned Jeremy Renner. They mentioned, you know, they, they mentioned a whole bunch of actors that, that he'd like to get for, for the role opposite him on the play. And everything works for me except, and I know I even said this when I was explaining it to Renee and, and even Mario said this to me when I was explaining it to him. What's stopping me from really enjoying this movie is that because they are trying to be in the real world and they just ran through a whole bunch of actors and in the background you see um Robert Downey Jr. dressed as Tony Stark in Iron Man and then they talk about the Avengers movies but they get two actors to play pretty significant parts who have had roles in other superhero movies and that's the one thing that just kind of really and it's 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 a me thing. It's definitely not something that anybody else would probably get hung up on. But that's the one thing that I really just have a problem with wrapping my head around to really love this movie. Hmm. But that, and again, I mean, that's, which is nothing. It, it says nothing about, it has nothing to do with the roles that Stone and Norton played. I thought they both did an excellent job. She, she, she was, you know, as, as, as a, Young lady at a rehab and, and, and trying to, I mean, her, her whole conversation with, with dad on Skype in the beginning of the movie, I thought was fantastic because she's yelling at, 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 at the Korean grocer. And I mean, I, I just, I dug that a lot. And Norton was fantastic in it. Um, but it's just one of those things where it, it, it's hard for me to really get into this world, this universe when, when you're, and and we're getting to a point now where you you're you can't be a Hollywood actor or actress and not have something to do with some superhero movie somewhere. It's just we're 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 beyond that where everybody has been in a superhero movie. So um Right. And go ahead. No, I I the more I think about it, the 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 uh the part where he confronts the critic Yeah and she she basically tells you, I'm gonna bring your play down. Yep. I'm gonna close I'm gonna close you. Um I don't think there's a critic uh anywhere that has really that kind of power. Maybe maybe uh, close to it, but it just seemed a little bit too far-fetched, but he basically botched the suicide or whether he, you know he wanted to do it uh really take himself out just to get one over on the critic. To say, yeah, I'll show you. I got what it takes. This play's gonna, this play's gonna blow up because I'm gonna give them an ending they're never gonna forget. And, uh, he coerced her into giving him a, uh, reluctantly, you know, a good review because of, of, of his, you know, ineptitude, sort of. I, I, I don't know. It, there's just so much to chew on in this damn thing. Yeah. No, it was a smart movie. Um, I, I have to say my favorite performance in the film, aside from Michael Keaton, um, it was Galifianakis. Oh, yeah. You know, because, yeah. and, and I have nothing against Galifianakis and I've enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed the first, uh, uh, the first and only hangover. Hangover, yeah. Um, but, but I've seen him in a bunch of things, including that TV show that he did. And, and I honestly, I, I've always felt he's one of those guys that seemingly is beloved and I don't quite get it. Like, it's not that I dislike him, but I just don't, he's never, 
he's never been struck me as someone that would make me want to see something because he was in it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but this I thought was really excellent for him. It, it, and, and I think in no small part because he played a more subdued role. I mean, he was the voice of reason. He wasn't the crazy guy. He wasn't the, the wild sidekick. He was the, he was the sidekick, but he was, he was again the voice of reason, the, yeah. the, the, the emotional ballast to Michael Keaton's insanity, the, the ground, you know, the, the ground, the lightning rod to ground things. He, so I, I, I just, I enjoyed, I, I feel like, I don't know Inarutu's work as well as I should. I, I know that he's beloved by the Golden Globes and the Academy and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, move, quote unquote movie snobs love him as a director. Um, and I can see why he, he, he definitely coaxes phenomenal performances out of actors that are, uh, eight, uh, out of, out of type, you know? Um, right. And, and so, yeah, I, I look, I, I think again, I, I don't know the backstory here. I, I don't know how much this was written for Michael Keaton or if he can the idea and then he got Michael Keaton. But, but again, this is a film that just couldn't exist without Michael Keaton doing it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and kudos to Michael Keaton for being ego neutral enough and self aware enough to, to take a pretty big poke at, at, at his own life. I mean, right. Uh, you yeah, know, you're right. he's very self I'm sure he was very self aware making this film that, that the world was going to look at this as, is in, in, in some ways autobiographical. And, uh, and, and, and mind you, I have no idea. For all I know, Michael Keaton has none of this neuroses and, and is happy as a lark and has made tons of money and is just living his life. But again, it's not hard given our, our pragmatism uh, that to think that, that part of this rung true for him, that he hasn't really been much of yeah. a, a movie star since he did the Batman films and walked away. So I, yeah, I, I look, like I said, I thought it was very good. And frankly, I'm liking it more and more the more we talk about it. Like it just in terms of the, the little, it's a really well-made film. Um, yes. yeah. and, uh, and I, again, to those that maybe are turned off because they're not into head trippy things, this really isn't that it's, it's, it's a much more subdued thing. And probably my favorite thing about it, we haven't talked about it. I know we did talk about this on Skype a little bit. Um, is the, the filming of it in the sense that it's meant to convey that it's all one continuous scene. Now right, it's not right, actually right. one continuous scene as we've noted, but, but it's, it's, it's filmed in that way. So it's, it's, it's a day in the life essentially. And, uh, and that's, um, it was wonderfully well done in that regard. Um, I, I, I can't remember if I've ever seen a film like that other than this. So, so that, that was a nice, um, bit of storytelling conceit that that you don't see too often. So, I, I am glad it, it it it's it's given us something where we're not saying now whatever happened to Michael Keaton. Or I miss that Batman. <laughs> like, you know, he's he's it's. I'm not saying he was ever away or he's, he was gone. And it's not like he's back. But now it's you know, it, it's like when James Conn went away after The Godfather, pretty much, and he comes back for like Gardens of Stone or or Enemy Nation, and and it's just alienation. And but it's. I'm, I'm glad Michael Keaton, especially, you know, there, we, we, Beetlejuice gets brought up every so often. So it's not like people have forgotten Michael Keaton. They just forgot what he's been doing. And, um, the, uh, it, I think he said that it, it, it took him like 30 days to, to make this movie, to film it and, and to put everything together. Well, I don't know about everything together, but it, now, it, did they actually, it took 30 days. Did they actually film this at St. Mark's? Yes. I believe oh, mostly, cool. ba- I, I don't know if something else was going on at the same time, but I do believe, yeah, they had access to, to backstage where they could film everything they needed to That's film. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have to agree with you on Galifianakis. Good. 
I'm 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 not a big fan of uncomfortable comedy. Like aside from Andy Kaufman and, and like Lenny Bruce, I I don't like people that their goal is to make you feel really uncomfortable. And that's all I've ever seen from Galifianakis, right. like that bet- between two ferns thing and his Tim and Eric stuff. Oh, that's and, no, between two ferns. Yeah. I enjoy. I, Due date was funny with Robert Downey Jr. The uh, I enjoyed the first Hangover, the the movie he did again, the movie he did with Will Ferrell, where where they were um, running against each other in an election. I I do enjoy. I don't know if I could see him as as the star or or but as the funny guy attached to someone else I really like and to see him be able to do something like I mean you, you kind of figure that actors should be able to act and you can um it's like you know how many people wanted to see or would love to see you know Joffrey just die uh, on Game of Thrones I mean acting is when you're good at it you're really good at it and I think that as as funny as he can be, or in roles that that require him to act that way, to see him in Birdman is—I'm uh, not gonna say eye-opening, but I—I I definitely appreciate the—I um, respect his ability and and what he brings to the craft. Yeah, but I mean, this is one of the few instances where I've seen him play a character that wasn't himself, or what what I've come to to perceive sure. as. The, the character of Zach Galifianakis, which was really nice. He seemed to tone down the the ego and just go into it as you know, well, I got a role to play and I'm going to do it. He he wasn't he was abrasive, but he wasn't that uh, that character from from all the movies I've seen of him. Uh, yeah, so there you go. But I think um, before the uh, stop buttons start getting pressed, we should talk about some comics <laughs> proper. Huh? Let's do it. But there is a comic tie into Birdman, so. <laughs> there you go. Look at you justifying. Yeah. So, I don't have to justify so it. I just like to pretend, you know. Shit. What do you have, Jason? I have lots of stuff. I've read a bunch of comics this week. Um, but I have to say that, uh, the one I'm most jazzed to talk about oh, is the one I just read. Oh. Which is New Avengers number 29. Oh. I just read that too. Did you? Nice. What a coincidence. Why don't you, why don't you tell me about that? Who wrote that shit? Uh, it's a certain guy, uh, named Jonathan Hickman. Uh, oh, well, that, I take that as you, uh, that would be, yeah, I take the shit part off that then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and what was, what's the deal? Big doings on the last page I heard. And, and, uh, I'm trying to think actually who the artist was. It was, uh, who was it? Oh, Walker. Kev yes. Walker. Kev Walker. Oh, nice. Yeah. He had something going on with the faces this ep- issue. Like he put like extra wrinkles in people's faces. Did you notice that? A little bit, yeah. Which like, he which made Bobby is, DeCosta look like he was forty. He was. Yeah, be tired much at this old point now. Though. And I'm, you know, it, it's I, maybe spoilers. I don't know. It's I'm wondering as I'm reading this because of Walker's art. I'm wondering because of the whole incursions and and what what our heroes or heroes in air quotes are trying to do. I'm wondering because I, I mentioned Cap's attitude, you know, Steve Rogers being Uber Dick right now. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe this is an alternate earth. No, get out of here. I'm not, no, I don't want it to be. <laughs> I don't want it to be, but I'm just, as I'm reading this particular issue, not, not, not the Owen and, and not, not the recent doom sections, but when, as, um, 
because some of it is a recap of the previous issue of Avengers. Yeah. Um, and then immediately following the events from that issue of the Avengers. Um, but a lot of it had to do with the way Walker was, was, um, his presentation of the characters. Yeah. Me think that. Well, and so let's, let's say uh, obligatory. This is spoilers. I mean, we're getting to the point now where every issue of Avengers and new Avengers is, is leading us ever closer to secret wars. Uh, and, and so we're, we're starting to get some meaningful reveals here. Um, so if you're behind and you plan on getting caught up, you probably want to jump ahead a little bit because I don't know how we could talk about this issue without spoiling a few things. Uh, the biggest, which is that, um, ever since we learned that this was all leading to secret wars and battle world, um, I, I'm sure I'm not alone here, but I have been begging for some confirmation that the Beyonder was going to be involved. Yeah. And we, we've had hints, right? We've had the Molecule Man being involved here with Doom, who played a key part in the first Secret Wars. Uh, we had, uh, you know, this idea that there was an event on one of the Earths that started these incursions. And one could make the, the case that that was the Beyonder fucking with the Earth that was in Secret Wars. Um, you've had lots of references to faraway universes and, and supreme beings that, that somehow had a role here, but we don't quite know what. And uh, that they're clad in white and all this sort of thing. So, so there have been hints, but, but nothing, nothing beyond hints. And then this ep- issue, towards the end... We find out that uh, among the many things that have been going on, Reed and his cohorts sent Hank Pym in his yellow jacket suit out into the universe to track down some folk. And they had essentially given him up for dead. And he shows up, and he's not alone, and who does he bring back with him but the Beyonders? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa. The Beyonders. What is it? One from each um, dimension? You don't know. You're, yeah, you're. Um, I mean, they they Jerry, visually, Jerry visually, they draw three of them, but I don't know if that's just because that's how he decided to draw the panel. I don't, it's not indicative. There's no guarantee that there's just three of them, but uh, well, more than one is is a notable event. Yes, and they all yeah. look different. But, so they it does lend yeah, to your point that they're from different dimensions. There's there's one with two eyes. For visually, they look like uh, like like many aliens have looked throughout science fiction history. Very tall, very skinny uh, exoskeletons with green, gaunt green faces and and bug eyes. I mean, so so they kind of look like the classic alien visage. But you've got one with two eyes and a mouth. You've got one with four eyes and one with three eyes and and sort of horns. So it, to your point, Vince, it does argue that perhaps these are uh, one from each dimension. That's, that is possible, although they don't obviously get into that in this issue. So, uh, but they, they look nothing like the Beyonder in Secret Wars. They too. don't. And, right. it, and admittedly, I was a little bummed, a little <laughs> bummed about that because the cover is a little misleading. Yeah. The cover is of the old Jerry curl, white, white jumpsuit wearing Beyonder. Um, well, it, you know, uh, Hickman, he's, there's going to be a time in the, in, whether it's lead, in the lead up or in the series proper, you're gonna see the Jerry Curl Beyonder. He, he, he has to. Yes. Yes. Um, 
And, and what's interesting is is when when Hank comes back through the portal, Reed is surprised and he says, "You found you know he's at, I, I, we find out he was he sent him to go find Rabum Alal, which has been referenced many times throughout Hickman's run as uh, as one of the as the great destroyer." And he says, "You found him. You've succeeded. You found the great destroyer." And then H- Hank says, "No, not the destroyer." The Ivory Kings, who again have also yes. been referenced, and then the White Lords from Wild Space from out there from beyond, the 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 Beyonders, and wait wait a minute, I remember that name. Is that the was that the 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 character that the Black Swan was yes, always talking exactly. about? Exactly, correct. So he's holy crap. Yes. Is he going? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So 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 again, it's it's set up. I mean, that's the big climax of the. That's the that's how the issue ends, but. uh but the now the other thing is Vince, you have studied this Battle World interactive map, right? A little bit. Yeah. Well, no. Here's what I want to. Do you offhand remember how many different um, worlds there are in the map? Uh, the map lists forty one. Okay, see that's interesting because at this point the incursions have been happening with such frequency that we're down to twenty two universes. From from an infinite number at the start of all this, we're down to yeah. twenty two, according to Reed. And so I thought, okay, so it must be those 22 that the Beyonders take a piece of each and create Battle World. So that's it, it, not quite aligned. So that's interesting. No. And they did make a point of saying that this map, some of these boundaries will be erased and, uh, areas will combine over the course of the, the, the series. Okay. So we may not end up with 41. We may end up with 10. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, at this point, there are 22 universes left. The incursions are happening. At this point, they're good enough to know exactly when the incursions will happen and which universes will be involved in the incursions. And Reed has has explained to Steve and, and to Bobby DaCosta that, based on their calculations, the 616 will not be involved in another incursion until the last one. Until the final hmm. one. So it'll be us versus some other universe. Well, maybe the other 19 are going to be made up, as, that is the math, right, uh, are going to be made up of uh, 616 areas. Quite possible. Yeah, I mean, I, right, yeah. I, I have no idea. But but uh, but shit's happening, man. Shit is happening for sure. So strong, strong. And, you know, Ke- Kev Walker's definitely changing his art style. Um, this looks a lot like Tony Moore to me. I don't know what you thought, David. A little bit. Yeah. Especially yeah, like, Reed. I feel like he draws Reed. Yes. Reed looks like a Tony Moore Reed Richards to me. Kev Walker's a chameleon. Really if is. you saw if you saw his art for the Magic the Gathering cards, you'd be like, that's the same. same well, I'm comparing him to the, I was gonna say I'm comparing him to the Avengers <laughs> Arena or and then Guardians of the Galaxy. I think all three of those books, inclusive of this, are very different from one another. Right, but his his painting style is so gorgeous it's lush you should see what this guy does with color oh my goodness he's amazing yeah yeah whenever he doesn't do many cards anymore but whenever he does they're they're easily the standouts of the entire set yeah nice so yeah i uh you know i dug it i i think it's uh pretty dope what's happening i um i'm getting sucked in I'm getting sucked in. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm convincing so myself it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I I really have to get caught up on the the Avengers you books. Do. I don't understand I, I do. what's going on. Well, well, I mean, if you want to talk what about a Hickman want? thing, I, I I read a Hickman book for this week. Did you? Aside from well, yeah, um, I just talked about a Hickman book. So yeah, no, I mean, aside from the Marvel stuff, did of did you? Of course, read, I did, dude. Come on, you son. read the Dying of the Dead number well, one. Yes, we did. 
all six oh, pages of it. 64, yeah. Um, written by Jonathan Hickman, illustrated by Ryan Bodenheim. Uh, Michael Garland did the color art, and Russ Wooten Woot. did the letters. Woot. And it came out from Image, 64 pages for a paltry $4.50. Um, a lot of it was panorama, but there was a lot of dialogue in some spots. I mean, you got a nice, chunky, meaty uh, read. There was a lot uh, on which to ponder. Basically, it's uh, a story on two fronts. It opens up with a wedding. Uh, Amistad and uh, Andrea Osiris. Uh, she's a lot younger than than he. He's very her suit and and, well, and well past middle age. She yes. looks a lot like Jackie O to me. Yes, but 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 only in the wedding photo that was on the table when when she was drawn within the narrative. She didn't look like Jackie O. But anyway, so um, Amistad and Andrea Osiris get married. And uh, at the reception, uh, a team of assassins infiltrate. They kill the groom, uh, everyone that attended the, the wedding, including the band. And um, before securing some very valuable information from the bride, they pop her too. Well, why? Well, after securing. Right, right. They, they secure this information. Well, Amistad has something uh, someone wanted. Something locked away in a, in a hidden chamber that was only opened by this ornate ring that he wore. Um, as it turns out, and this is uh, spoilers for the intro, the, the the bride was a sleeper agent and fed the uh, strike team all the inf- info they needed to get the job done. Uh, and when they uh, when they got what they wanted, uh, reluctantly, her sister, which there seems to be some clonage going on yeah, here, yeah, say more like clonage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the uh, all the women look alike, all the men look alike in this organization. I'll get to that. Um, they 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 put a bullet in her forehead because it was the only possible outcome. Yeah. They, she would have been questioned, and uh, no one is is uh, rock solid. But uh, the prize was this artifact called the Ba Al Sharur, which is uh, we don't know what it is now, but it's something that's very important to a large and very well organized group of people lurking in a secret base in the mountains of Germany. Uh, and the, the theft of this Baal Sharur is not sitting well with somebody known as the Bishop, which is, uh, seemingly an important entity from this otherworldly place called the city. And when you see the panorama, panorama of this city, you, your breath, you better inhale because your breath will be taken away. Bodenheim does an amazing job on that panorama. Am I right? It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Escheresque architecture mm-hmm. uh just really off uh kilter angles with some of the buildings and just amazing amazing work uh but the bishop makes a deal with this retired war vet named edward james canning to retrieve the artifact why'd they pick canning the bishop calls him a rare breed a man who does exactly what he says he's going to do a true hero so why would this uh late uh era canning he's up there in age i would say he's about 65 70 around there why would this guy take this impossible task because his wife has cancer terminal cancer and if he uh secures this artifact the bishop i don't know how but he has the power to make his wife's cancer go away and that's 
the issue in a nutshell um, on the on the surface. Right now, now I, nice synopsis, by the way. I couldn't Thank have done you. this good a job. Um, do you presume, as I do, that they're vampires? Wow, I did not get that at all. Maybe I'm no. Wow, I didn't even no. See, as soon as we <laughs> as soon as we saw the man in white, and that's what I'll call him because he doesn't have a name yet. Uh, the, the, the man that brokers the deal with, uh, the initial deal with, uh, Canning to get him to come to the city. I'm thinking, okay, there's East of West's death's cousin yep. because they look a lot alike. But, but some of his, the words that he drops when he's talking to Canning, like, uh, cast out and fallen. I'm thinking the guy in white is Lucifer. Well, um, well, so. I didn't get vampires though, which is cool. I gotta read it again now. I mean, because they're clearly not human. I mean, because they refer to them as, he'd even say when you're talking about the colonel, where he's a human and they, they, they bifurcate between human history and their own. Uh, and they even, you know, they, they kind of besmirch human history and say, your stories are meaningless because they're based on, based on our stories that we lived for millennia when you guys were just apes. Right. And, right. and, uh, I guess, and, you know, they have pointy claws and they're, they're stark white. And they're long, long living. So I guess I took it to mean that they were some kind of preternatural creature. The dying and the dead. And, and I thought, yeah, and I thought that yeah. the way they could cure his wife was be to, to make her a vampire, to, which would cure her cancer. Mm, interesting. I did not even consider that. Mm. I, see, I was thinking more along the lines that the city is some kind of nexus. Well, sure, and you've um, got that. You've got the the river sticks effect, and you've got the got the tree of uh, a tree yeah, of life. We, Right when he said when he said a tree of life and, <laughs> no, and Kenny's like no you mean the he's like what do you think there's more than one tree of life and which means that there's one for every dimension and this is just but one of many uh, vampires that's interesting I gotta say it, it makes Shura a little more hotter in my eyes and now to be fair that's just my the way I read it but there's no no fangs no blood sucking there's no indication I mean we don't see anything other than I just uh, so I could be wrong there, but and I'm well aware that more hotter was not correct. That's all right. I know. Um, on the visual side, uh, Bodenheim blew me away. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the clean line style worked really well. I thought the color by Michael Garland really accentuated that intricate line work. I mean, that the line work is is thicker than Ian Levenstein's hair. Huh. There's just so much going on. And, uh, that could tend to get lost if somebody went in and just, you know, was a little bit heavy handed, but it's, most of the book is almost monochromatic. I mean, yeah. there, there's certain there's, passages where it's just one color yeah. or, or, you know, a variation. A lot of the of panels one. are just, especially in the beginning with the post wedding scene, it's like you have the, the yeah. red when. Excellent use of yes, red. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, they, they, they fluctuate between the red and the, and the bluish white. It, it just, it, it works. Yeah, I thought it was a great start. It's really, you know, um, it's a nice carrot to dangle. I mean, there's, I want to know more, obviously. And it was smart, I think, on Image's part to, to release this as a 64 page book because say the, uh, the story ended, uh, at the end of the wedding with the assassination. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the Baal Shore and that, that mysterious Hitler-esque dude. I mean, you're talking Germany, a guy in jackboots with the, you know, the, 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 the waistcoat and the weird mustache. It automatically 
instills, you know, that, that kind of feeling in you. And, uh, I don't know. I just want to see where this is going. And the, the technology is old too. The, the planes that the, they were flying to the, when they get to the mountaintops, I'm just looking at the detail in these mountains as they're, as they're swooping into the hangar. It's, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did say that the, I think, uh, Hickman cited, uh, mid to late 60s as the the time frame for I this uh, series yeah but still those those planes are 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 older than that but uh, and it takes them 2 weeks from the time that they they off the 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 bride and get the the prize to get back to the base 2 weeks what oh yeah you're right yeah but no that's it's it's intriguing i mean you say hickman and intriguing in the same sentence that's almost redundant right um, I need to know more. I, I thought it was great. And, uh, last time we saw Bodenheim was on, um, Red Wing, right? Wasn't that the series he did with, with Hickman? The, the Red Wing? Yep, he did the Red Wing and then he did Secret. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, great stuff. Knocked it out of the park. I was not disappointed at all. No, I didn't know what to expect. I, and, and. Right. Granted, you see the Stark White. And I, I wonder if we should ask him. I wonder how involved he is as far. Well, I'm, I'm sure he is very involved in the design of of the characters. Um, but I, I also have to wonder if how many people are going to make the comparisons of to death to the characters in this book. And and um, how cool would it be if East and West and this book were so? You know what I related? as as. I didn't, um, well, isn't, isn't, aren't all of Morrison's works somehow connected? And, and, you know, I mean, that's what they say. That's the rumor. That's the book you want to read about. But it's, you know, I, I would not put it past it, especially his image stuff. I would not put it past it if, if somehow they're all, if there's a, a Hickman verse like, like that. But, um, well, you know, the guy likes to work in mass, right? I mean, look at this Marvel stuff. Everything's freaking yeah, connected. But it, it's, um, yeah, of course, it is one universe. This like <laughs> thing going on here. It's it's a beautiful looking book, and it's it's um yeah. I mean, it's it's Hickman, so I mean, I was intrigued, and and uh, I'm definitely glad. I'll uh, yeah, I'll be sticking around definitely. And it and it's you know it's specifically uh, resonates with me because it's a late in the game dude. Yeah. You know, em- embarking on that one last hurrah to, to finally, you know, to do something worthwhile. He's going to save his wife. And, and the, the part that really intrigues me was when the bishop said, um, do me a favor, say no, or do yep. yourself a favor and say no. It's like, he's like, what? He's like, just, just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And he's like, well, you know, that, that intrigues me. But as, as with a lot of Hickman stuff, this only scratches the surface. I'm sure we're going to get uh, a whole lot more. I don't know how long the series is going to be. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll be there every issue. This one just, it, it, it captured me yeah. from the get-go. You, yeah. Now, now I think that, uh, Roger Willis must have been your favorite character from Simonson's Thor run. I like Roger. I know. He's old. See, well, I'm not I mean, generally a fan of old folk. Thanks. <laughs> nah, you're not old yet. Nah, we'll be done shit. this show by the time you're actually old. Another year yeah. or two. Oh, but, uh, we won't be. Done. We won't ever be done with this show. Well, we meaning Dap and I. Maybe, agree, but... may, right? I'll still be doing it. 
No, I mean we'll be still doing it, but you'll get deep, you'll go deep out. I go deep again. Um, but uh, no, man, strong first issue, and uh, like we said, it's cool that it's sixty plus pages because. Um, yeah, it's meaty. You're getting your bang. Yeah, for sure. You're, yeah, you know. Um, I read an interview with him where he said that that uh, it's just one of those things where like he and Ryan were working on the story and just didn't didn't see a natural way to segment it into twenty pages for the first issue. So they were like, "Fuck it, why don't we just so let's make the issue the way it needs to be to, make, to tell the story." So, yeah. very nice use of the widescreen format too. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- this is a book that's built on on. You know, strong horizontals, wide, strong, wide horizontals. Yep. Uh, you're said. not going to get, you're it's, not going to get a, a whole lot of Perez-esque, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny teeny panels. Uh, uh, speaking of Perez, yeah. have you guys read the sirens at all? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I didn't, I, now, now I'm curious, but, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> I, the 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 art is is fantastic as we mentioned i i'm enjoying what i'm enjoying a lot about the story is how um pretty much how, how matter of factly people are conversing with one another nobody they really aren't like it's well how much time do i have to do this well how much time does your wife have i mean they're they're not doing the whole riddle thing and i'm only telling you so much that you know you'll have to i hate dragon shit i mean i'm I'm almost done with Lost, but nobody can ever get the... Just, can you answer my fucking question? Can you just... I'm asking you something instead of telling me something else that I'll have to do before you can answer the... But this, I, it was almost like a breath of fresh air in that regard. It's just like, it, it's a guy having a conversation with another guy, and I need you to do this because you're... I, I appreciate that. And as as I'm flipping through these pages, I'm... You know, I, I am thinking... Oh, I'm not... I don't know. You are. You could say it. you are a thinking man. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but thank you. Oh, uh, you are. I, I no, I'm. I can, I can get the vampire aspect of it. Uh, now that Jason mentioned it, but I, I'm still. I am not uh, because there was so much of it. I, I'm not sure what to think just yet. So I will be rereading this and and i also have the whole sense because i'm it's just the way i've for as long as i've been reading comics curved panels make me think of flashbacks so visually i also have to kind of rethink the way i um i look at this or just figure out what hickman is is doing what he's trying to do what what, what he's trying to say if, if, it, if it is just you know this plane and uh there isn't anything fancy or special about these people other than the fact that they live a long time. And there was, and that was the other thing. She's, she's talking about that. No, no, there was never a fire here. And he's like, so because you didn't see it, it did. <laughs> and I love that because that's like, I, we have, that's the kind of the conversations we'll have at work or, or, you know, Renee and I'll talk to people and, and we'll talk about our day and, and how she deals with a lot of people in her office, people that don't work on campus because they're trying to work on campus and they, it, it's it's that whole situation where I have the experience. I'm telling you what you need to do based on my experience, but because you think you know better, right. you're going to tell me how it should work. But yet I'm in the position. I know what I'm doing. I'm t- and and so, but because she's this, 
she she's never heard or seen a fire in this place that the colonel has to be bullshitting her and right but I, you know i took that as she's infinitely older than he yes but she still comes off as a young whippersnapper by saying no it didn't <laughs> like like i know more than right. you she she does not uh defer to you know experience right because she's thinking this this human lives a blink in the eye a blink of an eye and I'm you know ex- but also she old. Was never, I know more right. but that it was yeah. never told to her she she never knew right. about it so therefore it, if they didn't tell me then it didn't happen no that's not there's so much shit going on that you don't know every but it's it, so and I think it goes without saying that time passes differently in the city than it does so. in, in the mortal world because if he uh, supposedly set the fire and she doesn't know about it and she's been at her position for you know whatever amount of time then we're, we have a discrepancy between the how time passes in, in each but also the whole thing with the you know you're not able to drink or eat once you're there you can't bring any possessions in with you it's like so you're you are aside from the clothes on your back whatever you're bringing in with you has to stay in the outside world there's just there are there's some things yeah. here that I, you, you kind of just have to dissect, and I'm, I'm, I'm. Is that a product of the teleportation? I wonder, or is it like this dimensional thing where you have to surrender your worldly goods before you can get right, in? I right. don't know. I don't know. It's cool. You mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for the uh, dialogue between the colonel and, and the bishop to go on for page after <laughs> it does, which page is the four after, panels. But it's it's not tedious. And then I, I, I had to keep going back because I wanted to see if if Bodenheim had it so that you just saw the bishop's hands on the first panel on the first page and then you turn the page and they're on the second page. I wanted to see if the hands were going down, but they didn't. There there was no um No the dialogue was live oh, yeah, too. It was, yeah. about, it was about stuff that, you know, piques my interest it wasn't you know and that line that, that you mentioned before where he's like well how long do i have well how long, how long does your wife have <laughs> get get cracking there buddy. man oh that was so good yeah all right <laughs> Need, needless to say needless to say people if you haven't read the dying in the dead number one get on it you, sh- you should fix that toot sweet toot you want to talk about another image book why not you want to yeah, I read another one. Um, They're not like us. Number two. Anybody read that? Read one and two this week. Nice. I, read number two. I I won't do a synopsis of this one because we we went over number one uh pretty well in depth. Uh I will just my my initial commentary on this this series so far is I do not see Dap thing being very long for They're Not Like Us. <laughs> Because these are a bunch of unsavory characters justifying unsavory I like how they tried to even Just because they can. Yeah, it's bullshit. Well, if you know that he was a tagger and, you know, and then this part, and it's like, oh, okay. So, but it's still, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I, I'll give it maybe another issue or two. Um, but, because uh, there are some characters that I, I, I'd like to know more about. I mean, it's been two issues, been introduced to a ton of characters, and uh, we only have well the main two, and then one or two others. But uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing with the first issue, with we we take it because we can, we see that actually play out 
in the second issue and they explain it. But, uh, and it was a great conversation because she's like, yeah, you know, uh, Sid's explaining that the voice, yeah, you, you kind of left some of that important stuff out and, uh, whether it makes voice sound like a badass or, or, you know, again, with that whole, I know what I'm talking about. You can learn from my experience. He's a self-important prick. He really is. I don't like him at all. But the thing, it's, it's one thing if you want to stop, you know, I can tell the future. So I know that this person has very, you know, if he stole the headphones and we're just stealing them from someone, from a thief, that's fine. That's one thing. But to go beyond that and, and break a leg or break some fingers, it's just like, why we're doing it now because it used to be done to us. And that, that just, that doesn't wash. It doesn't fly with me. I, I, no. I cannot. I really can't support that mentality. It's not a philosophy right. I subscribe to. And, and if you do great, if you enjoy reading stories about this, great, more power to you. It, it exists for you, but not everything is for everybody. Yeah. When David was uh, talking about, there's a sequence in uh, issue two where the, uh, the kids and we get code names this time around, none of which I like. Uh, yeah, runs, we, did, we did last time when he introduced and, everybody. Yeah, but I mean, in action, now we see it, right? Like, yes, yes. Yeah, Runt and Gruff, and my least favorite, Blur Girl. Blur Girl, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, they they um, they brutalize a a tagger uh, under the the uh, auspices of taking his vintage headphones, which is BS. They they were trying to make a point. Um, they 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 spray paint. Uh, fuck taggers on him just so the the area in which they reside doesn't have an incursion of these people you know on their turf they they don't want any 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 more eyes or ears uh than they than they have to you know because they want to remain secret right but uh i don't understand how beating the shit out of a tagger and making an example of him is is being subtle being subtle or a secret i mean yeah they they did uh, obfuscated a bit with the mind powers because uh, they made one girl. Like, yeah, there, there's one girl in a car that passes by and she she looks and instead of seeing them, uh, you know, with the kid in a headlock, it looks like they're like giving him a bro hug, like hey, and and he's smiling and when he was doing anything, but um, but no, I, I I don't think you should cash out on this series yet. Uh, and for the record, it was written by Eric Stevenson, illustrated by the awesome Simon Gain. Uh, Jordi Belair, of course, did the color art. Phonographics did the letters. I don't think you should tap out because I'm thinking there's going to be a turnaround. Whether it's going to be Sid taking down the voice and all his kids. Because up until a certain point in this issue, she's pretty disgusted with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But, but then she's in bed. She sees people fucking in the school and, you know, she, uh, she, she, she's getting steeped in the, the, the unsavoriness, the the dirt, the nastiness of it all, and she's kind of getting excited, like it, you know, good girls like the bad boys, right? Damn, it's danger. It, it's well, I wouldn't know about that. Uh, it's it's you know the element of danger of of the of of you know the other side of the tracks. But I'm thinking that Sid is basically good, uh, a good person, 
at heart, and I'm thinking either she's going to lead the charge and take down these people, or something. I, you you can't build a series. Well, you can, but I don't think it'll last very long. Like look at look at DC with the Joker. They tried to make a series of the Joker, and how long did that last? When when, you, when your 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 title characters are douchebags, you can only get so much mileage out of that. You know, well, I, I don't I think you said, if I'm not mistaken, when you were reviewing the first issue, and I hadn't read it. You made the point of saying that story-wise, this is a little bit well-worn in the sense that there right. are lots of fictional narratives, movies, TV shows, other comics that set you up with a band of antagonists. Kind of, like, and I asked you because I hadn't read it if this was like Oliver Twist, and there was a Fagin, and you said actually there is one a character named Fagin. I'm sure that's not a coincidence. Um, and now that I've read the first two issues, I, I definitely think this is Oliver Twist with with psychic powers. I mean, that's basically what this is. This. They, they they get this group of misfits together and they band together and they steal stuff and they live together and um and and there are some unanswered questions which is what's part of the appeal I would say and again this is not anything you hadn't already said but I'm just confirming it because now that I've read the issues to me this is this 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 book stands out to me because of the art oh holy yeah. shit I I, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I knew this dude before but but I mean he's he's in that Paul Pope camp. Oh, not really. I think so. You don't think so? Oh, I think he's great. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I think uh, if I look at this versus Aurora West, which I just read a couple weeks ago, I mean, I, I think it's definitely out of that vein. That's, I can see it. Yeah. You need to check out his Godzilla stuff, right? Oh, that's right. You said he did the Godzilla yeah, stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. Stuff. I, I'm with yeah. David. I mean, I, I don't think the characters are likable. I don't think they're supposed to be likable. Right. Um, right. But, right. but I agree with you that, um, much in the same way, like, wanted with Miller or, what we're seeing with Deadly Class, it's going to have to go places beyond where it is right now for me to want to stay right. with it. Um, but I do suspect it will. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as simple as this girl just gets in and brought into the crew and just eventually becomes one of them. I think the fact that they want her to kill her parents is going to be a major point to the story. Um, and, right. and I don't know whether she's going to do it or not, but I suspect she's going to opt not to, and it's going to lead to problems for her. And the question is. They all have a psychic ability, but just who's who I suspect there's varying levels of power and aptitude. What would be really badass would be if we find out that she has more than one psychic power. Because, like, they mm. all have one thing psychically that they do. But what if she's different? What if she can control a lot of different things, you know? Right. Um, well, look what happens when he uh, takes the, the reins off right, her powers. Right. I mean, she's bombarded by everything in the in the, the school or the, the, the whatever you want to call it, the sanctuary, um, or the clubhouse. And uh, no, I think she, I think she's more than than uh, we are led to believe. And at least initially. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the, the girl's name with the glasses, but oh, boy. Maisie. Oof. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to get up in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I mentioned that uh, Gain did IDW's um, Godzilla, and that was uh, mid to darkish in tone, a mm -hmm. uh, lot, lot of shadows. I think Jordy is doing a huge service to Mister Gain uh, by by uh, you know, punching up the color on this and letting his lines uh, scream through because, man, this guy is freaking talented. And so she, talented as hell. I mean, he has a knack for body movement. Oh, I, I love the way he draws. Love it. Um, and, you know, a lot of little lines, but 
they're well placed and there's not a whole lot of it's not, it's not an excessive amount of noodling but his figure work is just impeccable just um, so lifelike and real with not being photorealistic that's just a made gestural even in some spots i love it i i i have there's no end to my love for simon gain you should see his uh his blog some of the stuff he puts up on there oh god you want to kill him and take his power <laughs> yeah he's so good but yeah this is another i mean i don't mind reading about bad people if there's a glimmer of hope that these dicks are going to get right you know what what's what's coming to them right. and I'm, I'm hope i'm hoping we get some of that somewhere along the line but i, I mean based on the art i can in, endure you know a year of of just nastiness just to revel in these beautiful images from uh, Belair and uh, Gain. Great stuff. I agree. And we got a little side boob. Woohoo! Yeah. That's always fun. Titties! <laughs> they were blue, too. Blue titties. It's like Farscape. Jesus. I wouldn't know. I don't know what that is. But... <laughs> oh, oh, you got yeah. you gots to, gots to... You won't like it. It's too good. It's all... Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what That's a wrong. dick. No, you love Henson. I'm surprised you haven't seen Farscape. Uh, yeah. Henson Studios all up in that. Right? You probably like Lex, though. Oh, I love Lex. Yeah, you do. I, I think Jason would. I like Ava Haberman better than the chick they got to replace her, but I think the, the whole series is, is still real good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's talk more about comics. Let's do it. Why don't you all take it away, because I'm losing my voice. Wow. <sighs> David, what did you read? Uh, I decided to give something a shot. Um, something it's from DC. It's from DC. Oh, and nice. It's, it's from Vertigo, but it's good. So it's not something that's not we talked about <laughs> yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, I didn't read this. You might want to check it out. And then uh, uh. I was told no and promptly got rid of it. But no, this is, uh, this is something... Oh. You said you were going to burn it. I did. I said I deleted it from... I said, yeah, I, I got it. Yeah, burn it with fire. Uh, um, <laughs> kill it with fire. So uh, this is written by Ollie Masters. Uh, interior art by Ming Doyle and uh, Becky Cloonan covers. Uh, it's set in the late 70s. It uh, it basically revolves around the uh, a small section of the Irish... Mafia, and it takes place in New York City, uh, more specifically Hell's Kitchen, and it is called The Kitchen. It's an eight-issue miniseries oh. from Vertigo. Um, it uh, The stars of the book are uh, Kath, Raven, and Angie. Um, they are the wives. Well, I believe Kath is the wife of Jimmy Brennan, but basically... All three women are married to members of Jimmy Brennan's crew. Jimmy and two of his boys, the, their two husbands, are um, sent away to prison um, for uh, getting into a fight and, and, and getting caught and doing wrong. So, so they go away for a few years. So um, the women are not sure how they're going to make ends meet and, and, and what are we going to do with our men? But Cat uh, decides to, to man up. And, uh, she's going to kind of run the show or at least say, listen, if, um, you know, this is what you owed Jimmy, this is what you owed our crew. Um, you still got to pay up. 
so so they're going to run with it for a while. Um, you also have a uh, a really unfortunate incident happen. They 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 went to shake down this one guy uh, who is Italian. Um, it's a pizzeria. They go to shake him down. Things go awry, and uh, and death happens. Someone sees it, and now they are going. This person is going to shake Kath and the girls down. Uh, that doesn't bode well. And one uh, this this loose cannon from from the the, the Irish mafia gang. He uh, he comes back. He, he's finally out of the institution, and um, he's going to kind of be the muscle for the women and. Uh, it's we haven't seen too much of him in the three issues that I've read. I, I once he shows up after the second issue, I, I haven't uh, seen a whole lot more of him since. Um, but uh, Raven is uh, she ends up meeting a guy who is Italian. He uh, he's based he wants he wants the Italians and the Irish to kind of he wants he wants Brennan's crew. And the crew that he runs with, he wants them to sit down and, and, uh, basically not have any issues. You know, we should all be able to get along places big enough. We should all be able to prosper. Um, so that looks like it's going to be a relationship that may muddy the waters. Uh, I'll see as the issues play out. Um, it, it, it reads, it, it, it's, it's not like it's French connection or anything like that. It, it, it feels like the seventies, feels like the late seventies, feels like, um, some areas of, of New York City, of, of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, a little different than the dialogue you get in Shaft, but still kind of true to the era. Doyle's art is, is great. It's fitting for the story, the, the clothing, the, uh, the atmosphere, the bars and the houses that everybody, uh, th- this world that they're all living in, it, it fits, it feels right. Um, I, I'm, I'll, I'm going to finish it. I, I need to, um, I need to see where these eight issues go. I want to know what happens if I, the last thing I saw in the third issue was that, um, looks like the boys might be getting out of prison soon. And I, I think that at that point, uh, Kath might be used to having the little bit of power she has, and she may not want to relinquish it. So I don't know if we're going to have a uh, a power struggle within the crew. Um, I don't really get the sense that a lot of people are really following the girls, like like like. Whereas Jimmy and and his boys could keep people in step. I'm not getting that sense that that Kath really has a strong. She's the way it, it, it plays out as I'm reading it, Kath wants what's owed to her or to the crew. Um, but I don't see a lot of guys in, in step behind her falling, running around following her orders and, and, uh, or earning for her. Um, it, it kind of feels like they're collecting the money and stowing it away for themselves. Um, 
but it it's it's really interesting as far as the politics of it all to see where uh um it it plays out like a lot of shows that I've been watching lately where you know you do something you think you're doing it um like the dude who saw what happened at the pizzeria they they took care of that situation but there are um there's some dangling threads that will cause that to come back and bite him in the ass. And I, I appreciate that, um, that it's not so, so cut and dry. You think that just because, you know, it's a dark alley and, and, and you chopped up a body and you think you're good to go. It, it's still an alley and there's still windows in these buildings. And, and, you know, and it's to think that it, especially in this world, this violent world that you think, you know, what you're doing, you can get away with it. Um, sight unseen it it's it baffles me but you know to find out that especially after you know it's been a couple of days i mean you know we we've done things when we were younger where we thought we got away with it and and it's like you know but it you turn out you know a couple hours you later never, exactly you never know, you know you, you're like oh mom didn't see it dad's never going to find out but then you find out dad comes home a few hours later from work and mom says it at the dinner table or wherever Oh, and shit. then, uh, yeah, you know, you, you get that, that, your the blood leaves your face, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach. So you just, I can't imagine how, how these women, especially knowing the, uh, the life that they had even before they married, uh, into it. it it's, um, but I mean, to see them kind of just, they, 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 uh, uh, Kath, um, bumps into an old friend from high school who is basically, um, these days a prostitute and you know they she brings her by the bar so she can put some food in her belly and and you know and and kind of just clean her up before she has to go because she's um pimp's giving her a hard time pimp looks like just like donny davison from from uh i'm like she's like and it's it's uh so he's um but Raven's like, so what? Now, now you're a pimp, like, and it's so. I mean, they're they're button heads, and and they're not really seeing eye to eye. But I think, I think Kath has the, um, she's she's tripping on the power. Um, Angie is she she's she's the quiet one because she does some shit that I wasn't expecting. Um, but no, I mean, I I I'd recommend it. It's it's uh, and it's unlike other books where. I have to, um, I kind of have to let them pile up. And there's, there's another book that, that just came, that, that came out yesterday that relaunched, if you want to say this week, um, that I read the first issue of. There are some books where I need to let them pile up and I'll, I'll read, but, but this, you know, it's been three issues. I read the first two issues back to back. And then a few weeks later, I read the third. I'm fine with reading this as it comes out. It's only eight issues, but, um, and it definitely doesn't feel like it's a book that can kind of go beyond that just based on the line of work, these characters. Uh, right. that, that's what I was going to say. I think Vertigo would do very well to adopt the miniseries format because we, how many Vertigo series do we see fall by the wayside? You know, uh, yeah. 14, 14 issues, we're done. You know, do the miniseries, see if it catches on. If it does, do another one. Yeah. But you, on the subject matter, yeah. You know what this sounds like to me? Um, not, um, uh, in terms of the story, but the, 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 I'm getting a feeling of, and I don't know the name of the show, but whatever that Showtime series was about the Irish politician, 
young Irish politician. Maybe it was in the 70s. Do you know what that show is? It, it's the, 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 the setting and the, just everything you're saying makes me think of that. It was and a I don't Showtime show? Yeah, I think it was a Showtime series. Yeah. Like a, like a Kennedy-esque type character. Young kid, young politician guy. I don't remember the name of it. But, uh, I'm just getting a feeling. Like I said, I've never seen, uh, the kitchen at all. And, I, but based on what you're talking about, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek it out. But I'm just getting that, uh, I'm sure some of, some, one of our listeners will tell me what show I'm thinking about. So yeah, it sounds good, Dap. I dig it. If you like it, I'm sure I'll like it. Aww. Yeah. You got the smarts. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but about 16 minutes ago, Vinny finally saw the Lego Helicarrier. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, ellipses. My ellipses. <laughs> God, G-O-D, all in caps. He's, he's Janice. He turned into Janice. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yemen. <laughs> Jason, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, let's hear it. What you got? Uh, two for two. Kelly Sudakonic. She's written two issues that I've enjoyed in a row. Oh. Of the same book. Of the same Bitch book. Planet number two. Yep, right? Bitch Planet number two. I did nice. not finish the second issue. I'm halfway through. But I read uh, the first and you guys are, um, you guys are right. Deconic and Delandro. Uh, it's a good yes. combination. I, uh, this, this definitely takes us into a different direction than the first issue. Um, but I dug it. I, I dug everything about it. I, I dug the aesthetic, the seventies vibe, the running man setup that we got coming on. Uh, yeah. Nice. You know, like the first issue felt a lot like orange is the new black, I think by, by design in space a little bit. No, yeah. but I mean, I think she was definitely, I, I don't think that was coincidence. Um, right. and this set felt a lot more like running man to me. I joined their mailing list. Oh yeah. The, uh, fraction deconic mailing list. Yeah. Why not? I like her stuff. That's cool. Um, but I, no, I really dug it, man. I mean, uh, the, 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 I guess protagonist you'd say that we met toward the end of the first issue is the centerpiece of this issue. Mm, And, uh, they're trying to talk her into forming a team, um, to compete on a televised show. And she doesn't really see the point. She thinks the deck will be stacked and they'll just get their asses beat and she doesn't see it. But, uh, but other women in the prison are convincing her that it's worth doing, trying to convince her to do it. And all the while, um, we're led to believe that essentially the downside here, if they do it, is just embarrassment and maybe some physical injury, but nothing major. But there's a, a parallel storyline going on with one of the powers that be um, who is getting frustrated at the lack of uh, engagement, that the audiences that are watching stuff aren't being engaged. And... Um, and, and they, they realized through a, another incident that death on TV uh, massively increased the level of engagement. So it's leading you to believe that, that what they may be, what these women may be signing up for is going to be a lot riskier uh, than they realize in, in, in as much as that you're getting the sense that they're going to think about starting to kill people that come on the show. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. It sets up again, this running man dynamic that uh, I'm all for. So, uh, I grooved on yeah. it. Yeah. I think Delandro was a really smart choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because the, the, uh, the style is, is unadorned. There's, there's no pretense. There's no finagling with the line. It's not overworked. It's just matter of fact. Boom. And, and it's not like, uh, 
you know, a, a play it where it lays type thing. You could tell it's planned, but the, uh, the application seems to be fairly quick where you get more emotion out of it that way. It's, he's not, or he, she, uh, not sculpting each line. It's like really nice brushwork and it's raw and it's everything a, a woman in prison story should be. It's, it's dirty and I'm not going to use the G word because I'm not going to fall back on that trap. But, um, it's, there's a lot of animal in this series, in, in the visuals. It's, it's, it's pretty primal, right? Oh, for sure. And, and I think it works perfectly. Yeah. I, I couldn't see, like, say, someone like Bodenheim drawing this. It would be a totally different right, feel. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or even Simon Gain. I'm sure he can handle it, but I'm just keeping it in the ballpark of what we talked about tonight. Uh, but yeah, this Delandro's awesome. And, and I like the aesthetic too with the 70s-ish covers too. I, I like that a lot. Oh, definitely. They, uh, they, they, the whole thing is, uh, yeah, like it's just, it's, it's off to a great start. Like, uh, I don't know what else I can say about it other than just, it's, yeah. it's setting it up. It, um, uh, I, there's like, there's a cool scene where, uh, they're kind of in a holodeck setup, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I just like the way the conic is playing against type here. Like the, the, the protagonist is a, is a, uh, a, a really strong, Black woman with, you know, a big afro and stuff. And, and at this one point, this, this armor clad woman brings her into this holodeck and she tells the holodeck to program Southern Georgia morning and, uh, iced tea and a certain temperature. And it's kind of setting up like to imply this, you know, this chick from the South. And then the, the, the black girl's like, listen, uh, you know, I'm not even from Georgia. Like she kind of like, you know, cut yeah. full water on it. And then, and then the, the, the iron, the armor clad person takes her helmet off. It's an, it's an old genteel white woman. And she's like, well, I am, you know, and it's just, that's nah, just cool. Like, like again, she's just doing a nice job of, of playing against type and character. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's off to a rock and start. I, I have to say, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I don't really know where it's going to go. Like I said, they, after the first issue, it kind of felt like it was going to be just this prison flick kind of homage and, 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 uh, with what happened to the, to the, to the one woman. In the first issue, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the switch there. Yeah, I didn't see yeah, it coming. I thought it was really neat, and it it it's not like it's more of that dashed expectations type thing. But it's and and it's that's not the type of story that Kelly Sue's trying to tell. It was just it was part of it. It worked in this particular instance, and it set the stage for it. But it's not. It, that's not the only trick she has in her bag and and now like like jason's talking about the second issue the second issue i wasn't sure as i'm reading it to start off we're at the whole first i i enjoy the uh the playing with panels that the laundry does did in the first issue when she was running to get to the studio in time to do the voiceover this one it's backstage at at, at the with, with the caterers in the kitchen uh before they go out into the main room and and people move from one panel to the next i i I dig that because then that's just, that's like the James Bond before the credits thing. And that, and that's kind of gets you feeling a little comfortable for the issue. And then that's when it it gets dirty or raunchy or whatever. But, um, I didn't know how I was going to feel reading the second issue, starting off with the whole, uh, the whole fundraiser or or the whole ballroom event and, and where they were going with the, with, with, with the father and, and the priest and, and, but then we get back to the prison and, and we're, um, it's, we get back to the characters that, that made the first issue so interesting. And, 
Yeah, I I was a little worried reading the second issue that 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 now we're just really going to start getting hit over the head with new characters, and we're just going to have th- more things thrown into it where we might lose sight of of what made the first issue so fun. But I I'll finish the second issue before I finish that thought. But uh, no, it, it it looks fantastic, like you said, Vince. I, I can't really picture too many people drawing this, and especially it, it it's real. Delandro fits it really well. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought one of the really excellent visuals was when they, um, the woman's name in the, is Cam, Cam Kovo. And they're bringing her into a, a interrogation room, if you will, kind of like, a, again, a holodeck type of a thing. And, and, uh, they're trying to get her to admit to killing the, the blonde woman from the first issue, which, uh, we actually know what happens, but they're trying to get her to own up to that and punish her for it. And, um, uh, and they on the screen as there's this dominatrix talking to Cam, trying to get her to confess, and then it's flashing all these scenes from the the woman Marion's life, the one that they're they're saying she killed, and uh, it's just nasty. Like there's one where she's getting her ass eaten out. There's one where like like it's just there's like just all these little vignettes of this woman, like you know, like the one screen she's she's hugging her son. The next screen she's getting her ass eaten out. It's like you know, it's uh, it's real. Like it's like you know, I mean that that's. Many Amer- you know what I mean? Like that's 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 not like she's eating spaghetti. She's hugging her son. She's getting banged from behind. You know what I mean? Like it's like, uh, but but uh, they don't pull any punches. I'll tell you that that double page interest splash right with all the all the the women just standing there naked. You know, getting ready to walk through a shower line. Like and it's just yeah. Delandro, Delandro draws real women. They're not you yeah. know they're not uh, they're not all tens with you know. Gravity defying right, bodies there. Right. And that, that's what I'm, um, I, th- not to disagree with Mr. Mr. Price, but I think playing against type is DeConnick's main goal with this series. Because, uh, if you, in the, even in the letters pages, and, and that ties into the whole, the way women are perceived in society too. Like, you know, we have, society has, has an image of, of the woman, the, the matronly nurturer, you know, it's bullshit. Women are people, right? There's many types of women. There's many types of men. And I think that that's what DeConnick is trying to do with this series in, in twisting expectations. Look at the lineup in the beginning. There's the, there is not a preponderance of lipstick lesbians in this book. Right. You know, you got a, a, a large woman, a skinny woman, flat chested woman. They're, they're all real women. And then the, the twisting of the, who we thought was going to be the main character, you know, an unjustly accused woman. And no, that's not it at all. Boom. It's someone else. It's a, it's a black woman. That's your, your, for right now, that's your main character. I think she's trying to make the reader question their, uh, conception of the female. What, what is it? we we conceive when we when when we think of the female you know and it's as diverse as what we conceive when we think of the men right but for a lot of society it ain't like that you know absolutely i think yeah it's a great little damn book and the little things in in the background i mean aside from marion getting her ass eaten out um (laughs) when 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 everybody's when, when everybody's making their proposals to, to Cam about why she should do it, and and Big Mama back there is is beating up every cop that that that's every well every officer prison guard yeah. coming at, yeah that that's coming at her and then everybody I mean it's just there's this huge line elbows flying elbows happening it's there's nothing well, right and in the background of those scenes is this Jane Fonda looking eighty yes. jazzercise 
workout woman, so they're all supposed to be following her lead and doing doing aerobics, but you know they're actually all sprinting and talking about how they're going to kick some ass with with that in the background. No, it's really well done. Look, I mean, yeah, it's it only is. two issues in. Lots of books start strong and meander, but but uh, but uh, I got to give propers where propers are due. Ah, so nice. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, what else you got? I got so- I got something, but I don't want to go too deep because um, Mr. Price hasn't read any of it, oh, and, I, and, I, and I and I no, I don't want to ruin it. But um, uh, overall, I I got caught up as least as much as I had um, of profit. Uh, okay. Yeah, I read uh, book one, which is Remission. Book two, which is titled Brothers. Book three titled Empire, and I also read the two issues of the Prophet Strike File that uh, that came out. And they're essentially, I thought they were going to be an Ohatmu, Jason, but they're more than that. There's there's actual comics in them. So they're, they're more along the lines of the Strike Files that Image previously published than, than they are of the Ohatmus. Like, there's not, you know, a ton of stats in them. There, there's actual paragraphs and, and stuff. Um, written by Brandon Graham, illustrated by a whole mess of people, including Simon Roy, Farrell Dalrymple, Giannis, Milo No Giannis, Brandon Graham himself. We got a little bit of Marion Churchland in here, Phil Barlow, Helen Mayer, Boo Cook, Emma Rios. There's just a, there's just a bunch, a bunch of people that, that worked on this thing. But I have heard from a lot of people that profit is a little too complex for its own good. And I don't I got I got to call BS on that. I don't I don't see that at all. Um after reading the well I I I read the first trade uh when it came out and you know a story is as involved as this. I I had to go back and read it again. So I digested the three trades that I had and I don't see anything overly complex with the story. It's profit is is kind of like a Christmas tree. It's like an onion. No, it's like a Christmas tree in that because, you know, you adorn the surface of the Christmas tree with your bright and shinies and your lights and it distracts you from the, the framework underneath, right? You're, you're, you're bamboozled by these, these things that draw your attention that, that are in your face, but you know, you, you, you lose sight of the fact that there's a framework under this thing. I think the profit story is actually kind of simple. But Brandon Graham throws all these concepts at you uh, along the way that may distract you from what's really going on. I mean, you have dole mantles and shipskin and fire water and giant Nephilim. And there's there's this thing called the Ixpolinox, which is, David, it's a colossal war giant that's dead in space, in pieces. And you have this society that, that has sprouted up on its remains, and they live by mining the body of this gigantic being for like raw materials, like blood and bone right. and meat, and it, it's it's nuts. There's a there's a, a race of female warriors um, that are well, I won't spoil it, but let's just say they have ties to other Liefeld creations. Okay, um, there, there's just all these intensely detailed sci-fi trappings that Brandon Graham puts in your face. And yeah, they do matter to the overall fleshing out of this universe. But in terms of the story, a lot of the stuff is just like 
brain candy, right? It's, it's simple. In the beginning, you get this, this newly hatched John Prophet who makes his way to this tower. It's called Thawi, Thawi Luva. I probably pronounced that wrong. And his sole goal is he has to activate the Earth Empire, which means turning on all the prophet clones across the universe. All of them, flicking them on. That's the whole first book, right? Book two, you have Old Man Prophet, who is uh, known as the Lord of the Wolf Rayet Star, right? He, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that Old Man Prophet is the prophet that we know from the, the, uh, issues one to 20. This started on issue 21, I believe. I'm thinking that this is the prophet because he strikes back against the Earth Empire. The Earth Empire is not altruistic. They got corrupt in the past. They're getting corrupt again. And Old Man Prophet incited a rebellion on the scale world. Which a rebellion that eventually brought the empire to its knees and he's doing it again. And in book three, you get a threat that enters the, uh, the stage that could mean the end of both the earth empire and old man prophets forces. And that's it. That's, that's the entire story. All, all that stuff that, that Brandon Graham throws in to season the pot. That's awesome. And it makes this such a, an overall engrossing experience, but it's not entirely necessary to, to understand the story. What's, you know, what's at the heart of this thing. It's basically a rebellion, right? I think it's awesome though. It, I mean, it, the, the, uh, the amount of thought that Graham and company have in, invested in this thing is just mind boggling. I mean, there's an explanation for friggin' everything that exists in this thing. Uh, you know, you, um, you, you see this, this, uh, giant ship and he could have just left it at that, like this giant, ship but he goes into like all the workings of the thing and and why this uh one of the one of the characters that's tagging around with with old man uh prophet is called Hian Hoyagen and he's like this tree being and he sets roots into the ship well that's cool but you know and and Brandon explains like why that's happening and and what this membrane is around the ship and how it works and 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 where the ship was from and it's just it's nuts the detail that's that has been you know um injected into this story but at the core it's just basically a story of rebellion and it's awesome and guess who well I don't know if I should say this name because David, David may or may not react positively if I say it. So I won't, but somebody from young blood's in it. <laughs> and I won't say who, but it's really cool. And, um, I, I just, and the strike file, especially you can, you can read the strike file forever. I mean, it's just so much detail. It's just amazing. It, it, if the, the concepts don't grab you, the artwork will. I mean, from Brandon Graham to, to Simon Roy and Farrell. Oh, Farrell does a great job. They all do uh, on this series. And I'm glad, glad that I read it all at once, at least, you know, what I own, because I think it works much better that way. It's a saga. It's, a, it's, it's this huge span 
of of events and to read it monthly i don't know i think you would you would you would relinquish some of the details they would fade after after a time and and uh profit needs to be read in in one big chunk and i'm thinking if i know my image people and we know they're on the ball profit is definitely going to be released as a one volume edition it has to right yeah it has to be yeah i'm with you for most part I, i have to say i thought that the second arc I, I just I just had to step away from the second arc for a bit, and then I, and then I came back and and finished it up and enjoyed it. I I, uh, I don't know. I thought the sec the old man stuff kind of it did it did lose me a bit because I was reading it monthly and it did uh, it did right. seem a bit all over the place, a little too spiritual for me. You know, I'm not a big fan of spiritual stuff, but <laughs> uh, but but it was just a transient thing. I agree. I think and I think if I read it all in one chunk, I would have powered right through that and. I think from the of the three arcs that you're framing, I think the first and the third are the stronger of the uh, stronger than the second. But 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 in its totality, it's a pretty righteous story. And okay. uh, and you're right. I mean, the whole. I mean, to me, this it's the 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 visual detail that that again, if you're familiar with Brandon's other work, no surprise that he. And, and in fact, I think we when we had him on the show, we credited him with being a world builder, and I think he actually took somewhat. <laughs> he didn't like that, that term. He actually, I guess he and his buddies actually make fun of that term. But, but that's what he's doing. But he is right? building a world for sure. Yeah. It is what he's good at. He does the same thing in his multiple warhead stuff. Um, so yeah, no, I'm with you. I, uh, I, that's another one of the series that, uh, I feel is criminally underappreciated. Mm-hmm. But, uh, kudos to Image for, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what the sales are, but I can't imagine that they're like, you know, Hickman or Kirkman numbers. Right. But uh, kudos to them for continuing it. Um, and David, Brandon Graham actually explains the reason why Prophet wears the crown. That that face hugging crown that he wears, the the big padded thing that goes. Uh, oh. You know, he Graham gives uh, uh, an explanation for that, and Fantastic. it's perfectly it's perfectly reasonable. Now you know why he wears it. It's not just cosmetic. It, there's there's a survival reason why he's wearing that thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Remember in the first one, he's getting his, he has bang at a giant sea creature. Yeah, you must mate with me before I will get. Oh, you. oh boy, nasty. Ugh. Yeah. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I'd hit it too if it meant fulfilling the mission. That's the thing. The prophets are designed <laughs> to 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 fulfill their mission. But the thing is, over a period of time, and I think you know he he gets into that with old man prophet the the a little bit of of free will starts to seep into the that genetic slop that they start kicking out the prophets with and they start you know thinking for themselves a little bit you see that a lot in in at the end of book 2 and, and a lot of book 3 yeah it's it's amazing stuff i i don't think um graham gets credit enough uh, on the writing side, I mean, yeah, he gets accolades for his artistic ability, and rightly so. But as a writer, I think he's he is top notch. He's a th- he he has planned and thought this thing out. Absolutely, it's it it's it's a beautifully designed, cohesive, believable, engrossing universe. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts, and it's all based on Liefeld stuff. Get the hell out of here! Seriously, so I mean, I you know I, I like the Liefeld stuff, but for the most part, Liefeld shoots from below the the belt. I mean, he, he's all emotion and, and, and sexuality and, and, you know, Kirby-esque, give, give the guy his due. He, he's all about the, the power on the page. And I don't think that there's, you know, 0.5% of, of, uh, what the, the amount of thought 
Graham put into it in Liefeld stuff. But it's it is what it is, and it's good stuff. It it fulfilled its its uh, what it was set out to do back in the day. But uh, Graham has just totally re- reworked every concept in that thing. No argument yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And and David, when you see who's really at the the core of this series, it's basically somebody versus somebody, and you're gonna be like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I, I know. Who would have thought Al Simmons would live that long? No, no. <laughs> oh, but uh, Super Pat- Super Patriot is in it, and he he's because you know he he's lived thousands and thousands of years. He's this gigantic construct that's at war with itself. That's cool. Come on. That is that is that that is very cool. Tell me about it, son. Yeah. Anything else before we we bring it on home? Um, yeah, you guys weren't feeling this, so I think maybe we won't. Maybe we were, and we just no, didn't no, tell you, you weren't. You no, it was. Well, I, 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 Jason said it's not his cup, but you said you checked out the first issue. I I gave it a shot because it's it. I I, I kind of liked what what Shane Davis was doing with it, but um, what is it? The, the, the apocalypse. I liked it, but I don't know. I thought the first issue was cool. I, yeah, and then the second yeah. issue where we just kind of really focused on one of the resynchronous. Basically, it's a world where um, a lot of People and things are out of place, out of sync, out of time. Right. Uh, it's a huge rift, and and uh, so things from different time periods are all here now. And um, there's a, a sort of a police force called the Resynchronizers who uh, make sure that uh, in the first first issue takes place at a diner and. It's it's like a 1950s style or even an earlier style diner, and uh, there's a trucker who shows up late before closing who uh, wants Lolly to warm up the meatloaf sandwich. Uh, she's like, "Listen, the griddle's already turned off. It's like three minutes to closing." He's like, "Ah, come on, you could do something." So she brings it into the back room, locks the door, and the um, the cook back there goes throw it in the microwave. It's like, "Where these people?" In their time, would never know what the hell microwave is, but they're going to use it, and and that sets off. Uh, once that's active, once that's turned on, the resynchronizers kind of hone in on it, and so obviously something is out of place, out of time, uh, shouldn't be used, and you know the law, so um, that's where they kind of come into action, and and the resynchronizers, we know one of them, his name is Johans. He's he's basically from. What the, the the 15th century or something 16th it's it's he's old and uh he was kind of taken when he was a young buck and uh he we're, at we a, get at a very very inopportune time yeah uh yeah but we get we get little snippets here and there as, as people talk amongst themselves and to other characters uh, basically, we find out that the resynchronizers, when all is said and done, they'll be able to go back to whichever, wherever time is, as part of their service, they're rewarded with being sent back to, uh, wherever, whenever they want to be. And, and it, I, I'm under the assumption that Johans wants to go back to right before something bad happens 
to a family member. And right. uh, isn't it every incursion of something that does not uh, uh, chronologically, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, belong? Doesn't it weaken the whole? Uh, like rift, it, the, the, the microwave causes a weakness. Yes, and, you know, right. something else would cause another yeah, weakness. So it's not like just the, being able the more, in, right, the more incursions, uh, the weaker the, the, the bond, uh, becomes between all these time frames and then eventually it's just gonna shatter and then that's not good for anybody, right? And they, they do, there's some twist on things like the days of the week, like, you know, Tritty, Nandi, uh, the months, I don't know where the hell they come up with. I mean, I, maybe yeah. it, I am like the whole fruit the door is, is the month that the, we look at the calendar in the diner and that's the month of it is where it is. And, um, you know, slips are, are, is a derogatory term for, for some of the kids who, uh, I guess are kind of out of time. Uh, it's, there's, there's one guy who I'd like to know more about. He, he goes by Dr. Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, then there's the salesman who is kind of giving the people the like 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 he's the one who sold the microwave to to the diner and and uh he's he's also giving um he sold a uh germ eradication device to uh to somebody who really shouldn't have one so even the people who know better are kind of um bending the rules a bit but it you know the art by Shane Davis with the coloring it it's 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 not bad. I, I it, it's on point. It, it, no. it looks really good. I think you know, the I, clothing, the the the, the uh, costumes for the 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 uh, time cops yeah. is on. I like that design with the 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 gigantic the big red, red eye. Yeah. Red eye. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's funny. I mean, and you said time cop, and that that's one of the things that made me want to try this because I I kind of dug the movie. Well, I, I enjoyed the show. I think. The spinoff show more than the Van Damme movie, but um, I like Jagger. I, I thought the uh, I, I thought the idea was was pretty neat, and I'll see if I'll give it another issue or two. I don't know how I, I don't know if it's an ongoing or not, but it, it's also published by Legendary. And the reason I, I gave it a shot was because of uh, I saw the end in the back of the um, uh, the Tower Chronicles books, but. Uh, there's another legendary book that I'll try to read for the next couple of weeks. But no, I, I, um, it was just I, different. Yeah. I got to say, I was sent, um, one and two from, uh, Jonathan Hennessy. Okay. It, yeah. I got to say Hennessy did a, I mean, the story is tight. I, I enjoyed the story. I think the art was, was really nice. I got to be totally honest. The names of the months just ripped me right out of the story. Anytime I encountered any kind of that, that mishmash yeah. of, 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 you know, the, the nomenclature for, for the, the various months, yeah. it, it just, just, you know, we got to be a, a little, uh, clever and a little bit obtuse here and make you wonder what's going on. And we, we already know there's a problem, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I don't think that the, the names of the months would, morph that drastically based on what maybe the society doesn't know what the months were before maybe the 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 time incursions have altered the stream to the point where they thought that these names were always the names of months i i don't know but overall no i i didn't dislike it it's it's i i I think it's it was a strong start sex doesn't count if you don't see each other 
<laughs> it's it's true. And the waitress. She was what, the, the first yeah. smoking, smoking hot. Like I would never be able to get anything no, done in that restaurant. No, but no, no, it's I, I I'm not gonna poop on it. I thought it was very good. It's, it's, it's just unique. That, yeah, it definitely, yeah, it is. Um I could see this on the big screen. I mean it has all the makings of a of of a franchise. Well, right? I mean, Legendary put it out for that exact reasons. Right. I mean I don't know if I I don't know about a big screen two hour joint to cram everything and I, I can definitely see it play out over a um like a the a cable or Netflix for ten, thirteen episodes it, it, as for a storyline. I don't know about a trying to cram everything in for one movie. Yeah. And one of the covers, I think it was issue two that I got uh Steve Mannion did it. Really nice cover. Oh nice. Very, very nice cover. Well it's Steve Mannion, yeah. but no, Shane Davis very good work too. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, I'm gonna stick with it. I think issue three came out uh last week, I believe. Or this week. I don't know, one of those two. But I mean if you're if you like the time stories, who doesn't like friggin' time stories? It hurts your head but in a good way. Uh check out Apocalypse. That's with an E. Yes. E P O C H Epoch, yeah. Epoch Ellipse. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a neat little start. Cool. All right. If you uh, like to investigate anything we talked about this episode, you know where you can probably find it? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They are our sponsor, our only sponsor, and for good reason, because they are the very, very best. Uh, Black Cross, number one from Dynamite, $1.99. Frankenstein Underground, number one, uh, $1.75. Those two things are miniseries, so, you know, not a huge uh investment and this is a semi huge investment uh from Marvel the Secret Wars Battle World box set slipcase hardcover 250 clams gets you 11 hardcovers of old timey comic book goodness doesn't get a whole lot better than Secret Wars two i don't know but one <laughs> one is real good yeah you're right dude shut your and- mouth two is hot Oh, In your travels, uh, who doesn't like giant kaiju action with a little bit, actually a whole lot of heart? Who? Nary a person. Nary a person. Well, if you do like giant monsters beating the crap out of each other, uh, I suggest that you check out Terrible Lizard from uh, Oni. I got the second issue. I loved it. Um, the, the majority of the issue is Rex fighting against this gigantic silverback ape com- combined with some kind of crustacean. He's got a giant lobster claw on one of his arms and spines coming out of his back. And there's a reason for this. Rex, the Rex's very presence on earth at this time is, is causing havoc with you know um the way the way yeah bastards yorkies you want to kill them uh the the way things um are and uh it's just it's it's uh written by Colin Bunn art by Drew Moss uh we got Ryan Hill uh colors and lettered by Crank it's fun it's it's a it's a beautifully unassuming little book it's it's the 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 heartwarming tale of a girl and her dinosaur <laughs> it's a it's an all ages book. I love the hell out of it. I I, I it, supposedly it's a mini series, but um, 
I can't get enough of it. Jesse is pretty much uh, everything I was as a kid, you know, loner, looking for excitement. No, she's a, she's a good hearted, intelligent, beautiful person. And she just happens to have, uh, bonded with this, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex that her father pulled out of the time stream. It's, it's a fun book. So check it out from Oni. It's Terrible Lizard. Two issues have been published to date. Um, if you like your monsters big and, and, and badly, then check it out. It's really fun stuff. Huh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of time travel, uh, this is, um, written by who I think I'm going to just end up calling Mr. Valiant himself, Fred Van Linty. Uh, art by Clayton Henry. This is, uh, Ivar, comma, Time oh, Walker. You read that first issue? I read that first issue. Dick. Yeah. It's coming in my box. Yeah, dude. that's my be box. I won't ruin it. I will just tell you to read it and we will discuss it. But I want... It. Ivar is the oldest of the Anapata brothers. And uh, he... Um, Not sexiest, though. Yeah, I know. You're all about the, uh, the Armstrong. The... Um, Oh. I know, you like your men scarred. Uh, <laughs> emotionally, emotionally and, and physically. And physically. Oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'd like to get to know, um, Dr. Neela Seti some more. Uh, I, I think, uh, Clayton draws a pretty fetching, uh, scientist and, uh, yeah, I, Ivar's witty, clever, uh, charming, the, the last page. I, I'd be curious to know your thoughts when you get to the last page, Vince. It's, cool. it's, um, you know, the, the time travel thing and, and, and with her seems a little companion-y and, and reminds me of, of other time travelers, but it's, um, it's, it's. What do you mean, what do you mean with her? Is it the geomancer? No, 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 she's not a geomancer. She's just, she's the person who is about to invent time travel. And, oh, and he, nice, he is kind of, nice. he's, 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 so, uh, that's where things kind of go from there. But because. Yes, it, yes, I saw that preview page when he's like, you're about to do something very, very right. wrong. She's like, what? Yeah, nice stuff. And, uh, but, but it, the way is when they end up on this, on this ship, uh, and, and the way he's behaving and, and tending to her, uh, it feels very much like the doctor and a companion. Just, and, but again, also because of the whole time travel thing. And it, it's not that. It, it, I'm not saying if you're a Doctor Who fan, you'll love this. I think this is still a really cool, um, setup and first issue. And there are neat little, little nods, uh, when they're on that ship as well. Um, and knowing Vince's, uh, predilections towards characters he'll he'll enjoy it It, it's um the eternal warrior it's it really (laughs) is just also i mean they end up in 4001 it's it's fun you you got the occasional cameo when he's telling about when he's telling flashbacks it's uh it was a really cool first issue the last page like i said um cannot wait yeah no I, i i think I think you'll dig it. The next issue is called Let's, and in, in brackets, not kill Hitler. So we're already getting that story <laughs> right off the bat. Get that out of the way. But, um, 
Yeah, no. In in your travels, check out Ivar Time Walker. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Ivar, Ivar, Ivar. In, in, Ivar, instilling. Um, okay. Yeah, instilling uh, feelings of familiarity based on you know Doctor Who is not necessarily a, a bad move to make. Well, well, yeah, I, man, well I, most people, right, you know, right. not people from New Jersey, right. obviously, but but most people. Well, <laughs> not. I didn't know how people named Wood. How about that? I don't want to shit no. on all of New Jersey. <laughs> uh, in your travels, uh, another number two issue of an image comic, uh, Rumble number two. Ooh. Oh yes, John Arcudi, James Herron, Dave Stewart, Chris Eliopoulos. Uh picks up right where we left off. Some crazy shit sure. going on. Glad to see. There's a uh, six-headed. Snake creature that's a pet. Shit. Yeah. There's a big bloated kitty cat with bolt with red eyes. Uh, there's demons. There's giant swords. There's beheadings. There's sewer crocodiles. Uh, we're introduced. In, in, we're introduced to a new ingenue who happens to speak ancient languages. Yeah. Um, in in my never-ending quest to live vicariously through you, I would be uh, severely remiss uh, and a little bit. More than a little bit saddened if you do not start picking up OA from this series. Uh, okay. Are you gonna? Maybe. I mean, I have a Heron page, um, from BPRD. Uh, I, I don't know, I have to be, I have to be pulled into a work to really, well, not by the art, like really love the, the work, but, but, uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely beautiful art for sure. Um, well, you can buy it and then just ship it to I me. I could. I could. There you go. Um, and, and I will say though, as much as I enjoyed the second issue, I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on. I, I don't, like, it's, it's, it's been a, a fun adventure. I feel like I'm barely hanging on to a brucking banco of a fictional tale. Um, again, I, there's a lot I don't know. I don't really quite know who the, the giant character with the sword is supposed to be, who he's up against, what his mission is, why we should care. Um, how our how our boy get why he's brought into it if he's I, I, there's just a lot I don't know um, but uh, it's been fun learning about these characters uh, so far and there's been a lot of action and bloodshed and it's this strange mix of a modern almost noirish city setting with 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 swords and sorcery it's a, it's a strange mashup of those two uh, genres and storytelling and. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like it's. It, I enjoyed the second issue as much as the first, and I was gushing for the first. So, um, and, and, do we get huh? any kind of insight as to what those two creatures were from the first issue? Like, are they demons? Are they just alien? Like, what are they? Did, did, did well, they explain I, I mean, any of that? I, I, I would say you got to lean towards the demon side, but it's not like it's explicit yet. Uh, you know? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's definitely ancient languages and. And uh, occultish things going on here, so I, I would think that that it'd be more like demons. An old um, man from the bar. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, and Heron's the real. I mean, well, I don't want to. I don't want to short sell Arcudi. I've been digging the story. I think the dialogue is sharp. The characters are memorable. But Arcudi's. I mean, but Heron is just having a blast. I mean, yeah, the, the fire beast in this one, and the six headed, the six headed snake creature, and just all these things are just uh, just pure out of his, his his the wild the wilds of his imagination. So. Um, yeah, just so, you know, those folks that are deluged, I know a lot of people say it's tough because Image has so many number ones each, each month, but, uh, 
but uh, definitely don't forget about Rumble. It's uh, it's one you're gonna wanna you wanna keep keep a close eye on. Yeah, I got it. the image expansion is is getting a tad bit unwieldy for me. A little bit. Yeah, I got to start picking and choosing, which is not a comfortable place to be. Well, unless you had like the physical copies so that you could just. It's what I'm saying, dude. It's what I'm saying. That would make it a little easier. Oh, it would make it a lot easier, but whatever. You know what I mean? People, they want to play that game a little bit too long, they're going to lose it. <laughs> ah, everybody, thank you for being here with us. We will be back again next week, and we hope you join us. Once again, you'll be able to find the next one of these, the f- place you found this one of these. And as always, join us, because David will be totally heartbroken if you don't, because he loves you. Yeah, yes, I'm told. There you go. He loves you so much. I do, too. So does Jay's. Huh? Yeah. Say goodnight, David. Good night, David. Tell them you love them. Lie to them. Oh, oh, just like I do on Facebook and everywhere else? All right, that's cool. (laughs) He does. He's just playing tough love. That's all right. It's like scared straight. You know? Those of you, you know who you are, that I love you. Uh, and if you would be so kind, we could sure use a, an iTunes review. Maybe say or, that before I break all their hearts next uh, time. No, by the no, way, they, Vince, if this isn't the most inspirational thing ever, dude, for you, John uh, Bowman on our 11 o'clock comics Facebook page yes. posted a picture of the king, Kirby. You look at my reply. Oh, I didn't see your reply. Okay. Oh, yep. see? But, dude, how awesome is that for those that don't know? Jack Kirby was 44 years old when he drew Fantastic Four number one. Yep. Yeah, which is awesome. But the the the, the whole crux of the, the picture is like, you know what I mean? Don't worry about getting started late in life. Greatness can come at any age, which is cool. But Kirby was great before yes, 1961, you know? No, I mean, he was. But but again, yeah. I think, but but that's still awesome to think that his, you know, his, his the, the works that, most people Resonate. remember him by. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was in his forties, dude. That's crazy. Ab- absolutely. Yep. There is hope for me. There is. If you, it's nice. You've been sharing your art with the world, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm at the point where I'm just gonna. I I do not consider any eyes other than my own. That's a great place to be. I'm drawn for me. Damn it. So, so then I'm all right, so I, then I'm off the hook. I don't have to comment on anything else after. You don't anyway, dude. Oh my god, so, dude. I like every single thing you post. <laughs> Join us, please. Come back and see where this guy. <laughs> Come back and see where this conversation leads. Maybe we'll be a two man next oh. week. Maybe not. Who knows? Empire? <laughs> we love you. Bye. Hey. Oh, my baby. Shh. Don't spill the beans. Chris with a K and a woman. Yeah, she's hot too. Alright, I'll find it, damn it. Thanks for giving me the heads up. I got muscles. Shout out to oh, well, the well. it's, it's definitely a work of fiction. It's true. Yeah, in your travels, Google Mia Khalifa. Yes, twerking. 